Welcome to the Block Exploring Podcast, your first step into the world of crypto and blockchain. The Block Exploring Podcast is your one-stop place to find quick, clear, and unbiased information on everything in the crypto space. Our goal is to help you grow familiar with the crypto space by growing along with us as we go on our crypto journeys. Follow at Block Exploring on Twitter for our newest uploads and our publishing schedule. We, here at Block Exploring, are crypto enthusiasts working hard towards becoming experts. Today's podcast is presented by co-hosts Tommy and Elias. Find us on Twitter under at SabaiSquared and at Otoko Crypto. Right now you can find us on Spotify and YouTube. Before we start the episode, we would like to inform you that we are not financial advisors. Therefore, nothing said in this podcast should be considered financial advice. Always contact your financial advisor before making any investment. With that said, sit back and enjoy today's podcast. Well, hey, Block Explorers, it's Tommy, you know, alias on the on the mic, ready for another News Byte episode of the Block Exploring podcast. Welcome, very happy to have you as usual. You know, a lot of things have been happening this week and we're just going to get into it as usual. And uh, the first thing we're going to talk about this episode is the flipping, the flipping guys. Uh, ETH potentially, maybe, could happen in future, overtaking Bitcoin. You know, so like Bitcoin price has been, you know, fluctuating, you know, teetering around the 50k, 53k mark, whilst ETH has had this like incredible, you know, bullish momentum that's, you know, been supported by you know bitcoin's loss of uh dominance mm-hmm. but uh overall i mean ethereum has a lot of things going for it in general like eth 2.0 is coming out soon well we hope soon you know, everyone knows we hope, we hope yeah <laughs> exactly the the issues with you know ETH as a completely decentralized network things upgrades uh upgrades can take uh you know some time but you know, when I believe at least when East 2.2 uh, 2.0 comes out, it's gonna be mad. It's gonna be a mad thing. You know, when East becomes a deflationary asset, I think just this bullish momentum is gonna carry on. And yeah, depending who you are, you might think East might overtake Bitcoin, and the flipping is true. <laughs> what do you think, Elias? What do I think? Uh, well, I mean, we we were about to go off at each other before the podcast about this. Yeah, but... about this. <laughs> so we just kept it for this. Uh, I think. I think no. I think uh, Bitcoin will be above ETH because um, Bitcoin has no real competition, and Ethereum does have the competition of being like you know the the network it is. You have, uh, for instance, Cardano with a very similar network who has already these kinds of solutions to scaling problems and that kind of stuff integrated into its ecosystem. And I feel like the fact that Ethereum has this competition will maybe, you know, make it a bit more competitive for it to get closer to something like Bitcoin. Whereas Bitcoin is just the, if you're a real uh, a retail investor, you get into crypto. First thing you buy, odds are, are Bitcoin. Second thing you buy ETH. And then you might go into some altcoins, you know. But the first thing will always be, I feel, Bitcoin. I feel I feel that's the one thing that attracts people. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my reasoning for why Bitcoin will be above ETH, uh, mainly due to its unrivaled nature. You know, there's no real 
kind yeah, well, of, you this know. is good because we have we stand on two, the two sides of this uh, this this debate, so to speak. You know, because mm-hmm. I think for me, what Bitcoin has going for is is its dominance in the in the market. It's its view, the view that Bitcoin is number one, and then that's what people initially are drawn to when they get, like get exposed to crypto and that. And then this narrative that it is uh, digital gold. So, yeah. like, what I come back to with your um, to, with your argument that you know ETH has these uh, competitors and that I I believe that ETH in this in the crypto network space has that dominance which is said which Bitcoin is said to have on the crypto market, but ETH has this on on the network space, right? But also yeah. I feel like with ETH 2.0 it's really going to bring forward you know eth in terms of combating these issues that you know its rivals try to try to compete with them with and mm-hmm. it's that coupled with its dominance i think will maintain eth on the top of the space and ho- maybe i mean depends if you're an eth maximalist you're probably hoping that it flips bitcoin <laughs> but that's probably why i believe it's going to flip bitcoin because once once bitcoin starts losing its uh, its dominance in the space i think it doesn't have that much going for it other than it's the narrative that mm-hmm. it is a good store of value it is because it's 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 known to not be a, the ideal payment you know t- payment settlement network or currency for that matter mm-hmm. so it's just this uh, i feel like it's the dominance like that you spoke of and yeah. this narrative of digital gold but then what i say to digital gold is you know, I only know of uh, a few people in in real life who actually invest in gold, physical gold. True. So my thing is, it's just this digital gold narrative. It's just something that's being said. You know, <laughs> not that anyone really cares for what digital gold actually means, or you know, what it means to invest in digital gold. Yeah. And in terms of institutional investment, which I think we'll talk a lot more later in the episode, mm-hmm. I think. ETH might mean more to institutions than Bitcoin, ultimately. Just due to the productivity of the asset, I think ETH goes a long way in terms of productivity versus versus Bitcoin. Just the value that you can extract from ETH, like just staking it, you know, all the applications that are already built on the chain. Mm -hmm. I think institutions are going to start aping (laughs) to ETH a lot more. And that might that may be the catalyst for a, a flipping if that were to even happen is you know if institutions start aping into ETH. Fair. No, what I, what I think is um, with with a coin like ETH you see this kind of uh, you see the parallel development of especially Cardano mm-hmm. and what I personally believe uh, will happen is that um, other you know developers will switch their projects over to the Cardano mainnet once mm-hmm. the smart contract updates become a bigger thing. And especially with the expense that uh, Cardano made this week towards uh, Africa, Cardano Africa. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it will attract a lot more usage and it will become way more of a relevant mm-hmm. uh, alternative to Ethereum. And for me, the, the big issue with the, the, the reasoning of, you know, Ethereum, uh, it might flip Bitcoin because it has more utility and Bitcoin is a, just a store of value, a digital gold, mm-hmm. is that 
sure but gold doesn't really if you look at gold as an asset right it doesn't really have a competitor you have silver but it's not its value mm-hmm. you know bitcoin doesn't have uh, i don't know you, for ethereum there's cardano there's matic there's those mm-hmm. kinds of uh coins for bitcoin there's no like na- name a bitcoin killer yeah sure a lot of things have been dubbed bitcoin killers but very few of them are actually similar you know like mm-hmm. it's hard to come by and i think the fact that there is no other like no bitcoin light i mean you have litecoin yeah. that's just <laughs> the the competitor of litecoin is bitcoin mm-hmm. cash you know but there's no bitcoin alternative no. you're right about that, that yeah, it yeah. has that scarcity is it scarcity or scarcity 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 yeah there's a I think that's why it will be the the gold and but i think you should also see it as the gold being number one not per se being you know digital gold right okay. i feel like that's what because if you see any change in bitcoin is a change in the crypto market you know if it goes down yeah exactly but maybe for a longer time <laughs> and i don't know i think indeed ETH has a lot more utility than Bitcoin will ever have. Like, yeah, I think ETH, ETH is Bitcoin. the Bitcoin killer, potentially. So? Because, I mean, if if ETH like flips Bitcoin, then, mm-hmm. you know, this idea that Bitcoin is undefeated number one crypto is just not the case anymore. Yeah. And that, for a lot of people, is the reason why they actually invested in Bitcoin as a store of value, because it is number one. So... Mm-hmm. If the flipping would were to happen, I, I think Ethereum would be the Bitcoin killer, because then that that's one of two things narratives that then are just eliminated completely, mm-hmm. and then you know Bitcoin maxis are gonna cry, rivers, oceans, you know. But yeah. an interesting quote that I saw was that um, Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank, um, mm-hmm. he's recently got into the crypto game, and he was saying that. Bitcoin will always be the gold and Ethereum will always be the silver and mm-hmm. Ethereum will always be second to Bitcoin you know so that's uh, his hot take of the week he you know Mr. Wonderful has lots of hot takes but <laughs> yeah you know. I mean the question you should ask yourself is like does he know I think no one knows but yeah. I mean <laughs> this guy just I got this... into the space and he's making yeah. he's trying to control the narrative already like my god yeah. <laughs> come on bro i no, mean I you know he's a billionaire he can say whatever he wants but true he's if he wants to sponsor us it's also completely yes. cool we completely yes. agree with you dude. Yes. No, i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> but um i think you have to watch out because these narratives about bitcoin um you know like oh bitcoin's not going to be number one forever um not to be a bitcoin maximalist mm-hmm. they only happen when bitcoin drops for a while right you know Mm-hmm. So I think it's also a lot of sentiment that that kind of stirs these kinds of discussions up again. For sure. I, I think you should always be weary of that, because it, it's it's. I also saw a lot of these articles just appear like, oh, ETH is going to pass Bitcoin. Uh, I mean, if, if you see it all the time, but especially when it's down bad, <laughs> and Bitcoin has been down bad, it dropped below fifty thousand dollars for a while, mm-hmm. and it. it you also got to take into account that it hit an all-time high of sixty-four thousand dollars, so it's a big flip that's going on. No. Just for Bitcoin itself. We'll see. We'll see what happens, anyways. We'll like, see what you know, happens. We 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 can't call the future, but you know, at least we have a 
there's a debate that's very interesting that's going on, you know. And like, I don't think Elias or I are maxis for any of the, any of these cryptos. I think, I mean, buy at both, least man. buy both. Yeah, buy both <laughs> exactly. I mean, no fan. Do whatever you want. No financial. Don't advice. get attached. I, I also wouldn't advise anyone to be a maximalist on anything. Yeah. I'd say diversify over a lot of coins. I'm a big proponent of interoperability generally mm -hmm. you know especially if we're talking about these uh, different chains and that yeah. I, and I think interoperability I think it's healthy for the space to have competition as well because it actually forces you know uh, innovation yeah and also what you see is um, a lot of these projects are moving towards this with like the three the blockchain 3.0 like proposed by Atom and stuff it's just a natural development and a good right. point I saw made about all this like Bitcoin maximalism or ETH maximalism is that it's just another form of centralization. Mm -hmm. If you are saying this one crypto is the future, you're still saying, you know, to, uh, to a certain degree that there will be a centralized coin, you know, because you're referring to just Bitcoin as the future. Right. That's a point to be made. I think you need the different tokens for it to mm -hmm. be truly decentralized. I mean, just think in real life, we have different currencies, like it's just yeah. how it is, like, you know, and they have to manage to cooperate, you know, in the same, same world. So it's going to be the case on the, exactly. on the chain, on the blockchain, on the blockchain. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's move on to South America. Have you been to yes. South America? Um, yes, you have. No. I've Caribbean. Yes, you Caribbean. are. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, very close <laughs> yeah close enough dude true but uh i didn't mean to offend anyone but you know <laughs> but it seems like mass adoption is on looming in uh, south america as south america's second largest company accepts crypto payments so mm -hmm. argentinian online marketplace mercado libre has uh, launched a crypto section on its platform the enabling purchases for real estate in bitcoin this is yeah. this is huge so you can actually it's not possible to buy real estate in argentina and uruguay with bitcoin can you imagine yeah. i think it's a great development and it, it also shows how promising argentina is with uh, crypto adoption mm -hmm. because it might be partially due to like its economical state right now that, mad you know, inflation yeah, and but that they're not hedging it by, or that they're not preventing their citizens from buying anything like Turkey is. Mm -hmm. You can no, see exactly. how the yeah, the debt obligations and high inflation that happened in Argentina kind of drove everyone to seek an alternative without the Argentinian government saying you can't buy Bitcoin. Yeah, and like and you see a very healthy move. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it just shows like the the power of uh, Bitcoin, you know, and not just Bitcoin, but cryptocurrencies and blockchain in general and being able to, you know, allow for people to hedge against their own, you know, countries, nations, uh, currency and, you know, pull them, not allow themselves to be, you know, and their lives to be dictated by poor economic decisions or whatnot, mm -hmm. you know, a poor economic situation, but now we see companies in South America, you know, enabling mass adoption within South America. And yeah. this this move to allow for citizens to buy um, 
real estate in Bitcoin. I think that's super interesting. And uh, apparently to mark the launch of this uh, real estate crypto section, the, the company hosted a webinar on cryptocurrencies mm-hmm. and blockchain technologies. And this was actually attended by uh, 300 real estate agencies and companies. So that signifies, I think, a lot of interest in, in these companies and people in general in in adopting cryptocurrency blockchain technology into their own businesses into their lives yeah and i think it also shows the pretty awesome the operability of bitcoin as a as a currency at least mm. maybe not as a super efficient efficient currency but at least that it's usable and that its value is being now equated to cars and houses you know making it like usable in the exactly. real world and that's what you want i mean that's ultimately what's needed for mm-hmm. ma- mass adoption just more and more things will need to be able to be paid for in these cryptocurrencies right it's not just yeah. funny money in the sky but you know you can actually tangibly make use of it yeah and i think that's one of the main characteristics of this bull run right it's good mm-hmm. it's gone from the bitcoin a magical internet currency you know wasn't that the thing that they called it in like 2017 yeah to an actual usable currency you know yeah i think that's a big thing and just to to add on to the end of uh, end of this is that uh in a recent decrypt survey conducted by visa uh, so it's not a decrypt survey it's a survey conducted by uh, visa says it found that latin americans uh you know 25% 25% of respondents were actually more eager to use digital assets to pay for things. Wow. So that's that's kind of huge, you know. I don't I don't know how many res- respondents they had in general, but I feel like 25% is a significant number and I f- I'm sure that's a growing number as well. Like there are loads of uh, South American um, influencers crypto influencers yeah and especially in argentina because i think argentina has been a hot spot for crypto adoption in general i think so that's definitely i think the countries where inflation is more like that you can really feel the inflation you know Mm -hmm. that that's where the crypto adoption is going rampant you know and you have spots like i mean in europe and the us there there is there is inflation, impending inflation, I think. Yeah, it's coming. But it, it's not as, you know, people only will do something once they feel it, yeah. you know? So I think that's also something that could lead to a higher adoption of the of cryptocurrencies in general. It's like once Europe and America start really feeling this, you know, the effects of all their money printing. Yeah, exactly. The yeah, the effects of the monetary policy, the devaluation of their currency. I think, you know, it's just sad that people only realize too late um, yeah. about, you know, these things. But, uh, you know, that's why, you know, in the crypto space, you always hear influencers talking about being ahead of the curve, being ahead of the herd. And, uh, yeah, that's necessary in real life as well. Like, you know, you just have to be aware of your surroundings and act accordingly. You know, yeah. and hopefully you're acting before the herd and before you are actually affected by, well, before it's too late, you know, mm-hmm. to no, gain, definitely. to, you know, put yourself in a good position. Yeah. And being in crypto blockchain space is putting yourself in a good position, if I do say so myself. <laughs> you know, so that's, yeah. you know, that's why we're in it, right? Yeah. Because, well, it we're bullish on the spaces, you know, so. 
preface and gives that. you more ownership over your own currency you know like mm. these these organizations that let you actually actively vote on the policies rather than yeah. you know some some centralized authority who says we will print right. this much money mm. that's that's a big difference yeah i mean that's it's nice being uh, your own bank yeah yeah. Like, like that's what it is i mean to be in crypto is almost to be like your own bank and you can really decide what kind of you know financial products you're engaging with because in okay so like in a bank right so they take your money and the you know that you've mm-hmm. deposited and they do all kinds of they make so much money for themselves right they do all kinds of things with your money right invest in yeah. that this that you know do all kinds of things create synthetic shares blah 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 you know, and then they pay you like a fraction, you know, just a ridiculous interest rate. Like, you know, it's yeah. it's not even a 1%. It's it's like a 0.01% for most people. I mean, I don't know whenever it will become negative. But, you know, so to be in control of your own funds and to make, be able to choose what financial products you're participating in or protocols you're participating in, you're, you're doing exactly what the bank is doing. And you're reaping the yield for that. You're reaping the higher interest rates for your own money, as opposed to it all going to a banker, banker's uh, pocket. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly. And especially with these low interest rates, now you're even seeing negative interest rates, which is, in fact, the bank saying, "Yeah, we don't really care about your money. Like it could be here, you could have it in your fridge. Yeah, it's it will cost you money to store it with us." That, and that's just ridiculous, you know. I mean, uh, for it to cost money for you to, act. guys, people, you know, get into crypto, figure it out. Like, you know, educate yourself. Listen to the Block Exploring podcast. Listen to other podcasts. Look at, you know, research on YouTube. Like, you know, yeah. there's so much information out there. Please just educate yourselves. You know, because now is the time to start. Like, you know, it's, it's still early in the space. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, literally now is the best time to start because you didn't start in 2017. You didn't start in 2013. You better start now. <laughs> no, definitely. You know? Yeah. Yep. Sounds good. Be there early, you know, before mass Be adoption. But Just like PayPal. Exactly. PayPal, you know. Coinbase, you can now pay, like make purchases on uh, Coinbase, buy cryptocurrency directly using a debit card uh, and bank accounts linked through PayPal. So PayPal here is really making it easy for you to buy crypto. Yeah, that's true. I was I was reading about this and I was the first thought that crossed my mind is um, whenever whenever I put money into Litecoin. It was because this uh, new thing that uh, PayPal pioneered, PayPal crypto merchant payments, mm-hmm. uh, was about to come out. And what this effectively does is it takes your crypto, it converts it whenever you're buying something uh, into fiat that is then uh, sold to or like uh, given to the merchant. Mm-hmm. So through PayPal that happens. Yeah. And uh, right now, you know, PayPal is aping into crypto. You can you can buy directly via PayPal. That's mm-hmm. cool. But what PayPal would truly add to this mass adoption is a is an actual wallet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by I PayPal, agree. where you could hold your crypto because that that's truly saying this has value. 
not right. just you can sell it and then we'll sell it for actual money not your fake internet money yeah or you know like you can buy it with our money no no that that i i totally agree like if they created a wallet that would just create it would just be so easy for yeah. you know more people to onboard uh, crypto because mm-hmm. i mean paypal for many people is a trusted corporation and if they they already use paypal you know every yeah. day i use paypal like everyone uses paypal you know it's a, it's very common to use paypal right yeah. so like if paypal were to have a wallet i think it would have uh, there that just be an opportunity to onboard so many people to actually start using cryptocurrencies and uh, yeah like metamask like, just look at metamask like metamask has loads i mean I, i don't know the figure now but i feel like they hit over a million active users or something oh. Yeah, yeah yeah so yeah. you know that's just insane and uh you know and they initially metamask was like completely free to the public and that but they've just recently turned on their revenue generating mechanism of uh of sorts and they're they're killing it basically so you know yeah. this is just another opportunity for paypal to kill it in their aping into mm-hmm. the crypto space but paypal definitely one of the The largest companies in the, mm-hmm. the the fintech sector that's actually giving a legitimate you know they're they're a massive company so they really have to ease into anything and that adoption will take it's not like they can just say hey we'll accept bitcoin and we won't immediately mm-hmm. transfer it into fiat whenever yeah, you yeah. Uh, deposit it to us you know yeah i feel like yeah if you're a corporation like it's just a difficult thing to do in general and like yeah maybe more people need to consider that <laughs> You know, because it's, uh, yeah, I mean, corporations, it's not just like, peop- they're corporations with stakeholders, shareholders, different people, mm-hmm. you know, so it's uh, loads of levels to consider in, in a corporation. So we're taking on an asset class like crypto is, means a lot of things. That, uh, Especially that for a giant. Exactly. For a big yeah. cl- giant, you know, public, public company. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. That's that's amazing that they're actually doing it. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it's just so good for the space that these companies are are actually moving and trying to develop in in crypto. And I'm sure, like you know, loads of companies probably get it wrong, but or most companies, you know, will try to centralize some aspect, you know. But then they'll they'll realize like kind of not the vibe, you know. That's not why people <laughs> go into crypto. No, exactly. That's true. From one overlord to another overlord. That's just <laughs> not what people are about these days, you know. Uh, yeah. Moving from uh, PayPal, we have uh, our final segment. It's uh, Bitcoin, right? Mm-hmm. Bitcoin has been uh, recovering from the well, the, the dip. I'm sure Bitcoin holders all around are rejoicing. Yeah, it's it's going back up and it's, you know... It, it was definitely not a crash as everyone was saying like no. we discussed last week that so, there was this yeah, cringe this scare going on that everything was, like bitcoin is crashing yeah yeah those kinds of youtube videos were in were all over my recommendations page by the way thanks youtube for giving me a heart attack solid algorithm before i got to check my coin gecko <laughs> let me just check that first yeah and yeah uh so it's recovering now and i think uh, an interesting development surrounding Bitcoin this week was the Tesla selling. Uh, so Tesla sold 10% of its uh, Bitcoin investment and um, 
yeah, they sold it, and this is in an interview with uh, Elon, that it was to show that it's a good alternative to uh, to cash. Mm-hmm. And this was according to Business Insider. I don't know what I have to say about that statement. It's a good alternative to cash, maybe on a balance sheet. Yeah, I think yeah, maybe. just to sh- just to show that it's uh, still liquid, right? Because they have to prove yeah. to their shareholders that this is not it's not going to be di- difficult to liquidate their asset. Yeah, and also because it, uh, Tesla it met the expectations for profit, but on the revenue side, it fell a bit short. And I think to boost that revenue, they uh, sold a bit of that Bitcoin, you know, yeah, potentially, but it's, it comes back to what we we're just saying, right? They're a public company. Yeah. They have to do these things like it's not, you yeah. know, they have to do these things to prove stuff to their stakeholders. They have, yeah, they, they have to take care of their balance sheet and revenue sheet and whatever. Yeah. Like it's a, I feel like it makes sense, you know, yeah, and why the they might do something like that. Yeah. But I think also the, I mean, the timing was a tiny bit unfortunate yeah. because the, the sell happened during the dip mm-hmm. uh, and this kind of, I think it kind of gave some investors the feeling like, oh, Tesla is uh, taking its losses, right? you know? And uh, there was this entire thing, a misconception that Elon was also selling his Bitcoin, but he he didn't. He actually came out publicly and said that he didn't. He said, no, this was just to show that it's that the that Bitcoin is, is a liquid asset. So right. I think that's a good point to be made. I, yeah. I just think whenever you you read the headline by business insider it almost sounds like they're saying you know bitcoin that's that's basically cash don't don't just read the headline because it isn't the transfer fees of bitcoin are are insane there if you want to move even a tiny bit of uh, bitcoin well you gotta hustle up you know a month's rent (laughs) (laughs) you know yeah which they have but it is what it is yeah and just to add a bit to that, just like in terms of the information you're getting about the crypto blockchain space, like maybe try, you know, crypto and blockchain native, uh, you know, information sources. There are loads of news uh, sources yes. that are crypto and blockchain native. It loads of people on YouTube who've been making, you know, informational videos for, for ages about the space, you know, and they'll probably have a better idea of, you know, what's happening in the market and how they're describing it and like what it actually means. And uh, it's not like, you know, you won't get this misrepresentation where, you know, maybe business insider has these headlines, which makes it seem that Bitcoin is like cash, which it's, which, you know, we would believe is not the case, you know, and it's probably not how it would be characterized by any crypto native either. You have Bitcoin and you have Bitcoin cash. So. Yeah, it's, there's exactly two different cryptos right there. Yeah, but I think that was it for uh, this week in crypto, yeah. right? Yeah, so. I think so. I mean, loads of stuff happens, guys. The crypto uh, space moves very, very fast. Yes, sir, definitely. So keep uh, block exploring, and we will see you in next week's episode of Peace. News Bites. Bye-bye.